Hi to the sippers and the dozens. I'm Amanda, host of the Sip List podcast and co-host of an Evening at the Movies podcast. Both Casey and myself, on behalf of our shows, would like to take a moment to address the June 24th, 2022 Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. This decision stripped away the right to a legal and safe abortion. We believe everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This is a very traumatic and intimate decision that should only be between a pregnant person, their family, and their doctor. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and does pave the way for other landmark decisions to be overturned. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. You can learn more by visiting choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. If you're able to support others, please consider donating to abortion funds. There are also many other resources that we will list in the show notes to help you get more educated. You should also be aware of the voting regulations in your state. Also consider becoming a voting registrar to help register those to vote who may not have the ability to do so on their own. You can visit vote.org to get more information. We here at The Sip List and an evening at the movies encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. Thank you. Welcome to The Sip List, the podcast where we drink wine and count down our top five favorites of all the things, including movies, music, TV shows, books, and more. The Sip List does not claim ownership of any clips used in this episode, as any film, TV, or sound clips are owned by the original copyright holders. Additionally, this podcast does contain spoilers, so please be aware. This show does also contain explicit content, so please keep that in mind as you are playing it wherever you are, work, car, etc. Thank you and enjoy the episode. So, uh. <laughs> um, hello, welcome back to the sip list. This is the podcast where we drink wine and luckily we're both drinking wine tonight and count down our top five favorites of all the things. I'm Amanda and back for the second time is Zach from Better Left Unsaid. And I'm so excited. How are you? Oh, hello, hello, hello. I'm good. I'm, I'm so glad, glad to be you're back. back. I know me too. I had so much fun with you. Um, we got good chats. Yes. And we had so much chats that we had to split it into two episodes, but that actually worked out well. And actually I got a lot of good feedback on that. So, I mean, I fully could have split the episode that you were on better left unsaid into two. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, like- I mean, it's, it's easy to go off on tangents and when, you know, we have a, we have a lot to talk about and a lot in common and a lot of the same viewpoints. It, so it's easy mm-hmm. to kind of like, just, you know, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's been, I don't know, it's been a weird, I wrote a blog post today about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and how mad I am at her. And (laughs) I was like, I need to get over this, but 
I don't know. It's I'm really pissed off about the interview that she did, which I don't know. They've been releasing little clips all week and then the full thing is on Friday because I feel bad because I am guilty of the same shit that I'm mad about, which is giving her attention. Like, yeah, all she wants is attention. She not that I'm a psychologist, psychiatrist, but she's pretty much a textbook narcissist. I think we can all agree on that. Oh, absolutely. As long as she keeps getting attention, she'll eat it up and she'll say whatever she wants. And I think the thing that made me mad is when I started thinking, I was like, okay, they have her on the Today Show. Now, granted, the clips I've seen, Savannah Guthrie asked her some hard questions. Like they weren't all softballs, but still it's like, how do you feel? How has this affected you? What are you going to do next? What are you going to do with your life and say to your daughter? And I started thinking, if this was the other way around and Johnny Depp had been proven to have thrown something at her, severed her finger and beat the shit out of her and all this stuff, nobody would be talking to him. Nobody right. would have him on the Today Show saying, well, how do you feel because you lost this case? And so it's like, we're making progress with the whole men too thing, but we're really yeah. not because she's a woman. So if she's safe, even though she's the abuser, treat her like if she was a male abuser, don't, don't give her that right. platform to keep spewing her shit. So I got really worked up about it. And then I was like, you know, keyboard warrior with my blog. <laughs> I don't, I don't blame you. I, I'm of the mindset of they are both very messy people. Oh yeah. And I am sure Johnny had a lot of major drug issues and, and he admitted you know, to that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, he has since done a lot to make his life better and to change mm-hmm. his life. Does that mean he didn't do anything whenever they were together? Right. Probably not. But does that mean she didn't do anything? Absolutely not. She, we, we know from her comments that she did. So the whole, the whole, it's all you, not me. Mm -hmm. um, Everything's everyone else's fault. (laughs) Yeah. The whole narrative is just, oh, exhausting. (laughs) It is. And I need to let it go, but it's just the double standard is what's bothering me because it's like, if Amber were a guy, they would never be giving her this kind of attention. They would, as far, as far as wanting to talk to her, you know, so it's like, okay, she's the abuser. You got to treat her like you would treat a male abuser. But I think that's a that's a far leap that people are going to have to make because people still just kind of see women as approachable and safe. And yeah, and it's it makes for good ratings, and that's what networks do. So you know, well, and like you said, I think she feeds off of it. So I wouldn't oh, yeah. be surprised if every single opportunity that gets thrown her way, because I'm sure. Johnny has had one or two since this has ended to be thrown his way. I don't think he would ever take them because he's like, he really does want to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think she will absolutely take any amount of limelight she can get. Oh, I'm sure. But the problem is she's out there still defaming him. Yeah. Is he going to sue her again? Absolutely not. Because he wants to move on as much as she's right. like, I just want Johnny to leave me alone. And she cannot stop talking about him. Like he lives in her <laughs> head for, you know, $8.5 million every day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, you know, 
and even like Savannah Guthrie asked her, are you worried about what you can say and what you can't say? And she's like, well, of course. And it's like, then bitch, just stop talking about him. Just say, yeah. I'm disappointed in the turnout, but this is how our judicial system works. I'm going to move on with my life. Right. Instead of throwing everybody under the bus, even your own lawyers, because you're willing, you're unwilling to accept any responsibility for your own actions. It's just, right. I don't know why I care. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, you know, it's sensationalized and yeah. it's, I hate to say it's entertainment, but it there is. we go. I mean, we all eat it up and we all want that, you know, inside peek into the lives of celebrities and, you know, how cool and whatever it must be. And then, and also I think we want to know that they're real people like us too, and they're not, right. you know, perfect, but yeah, it's been crazy. I just want her to shut up. I, for one, will not be watching her interview. I plan to turn mm. on the Today Show, let it play. As soon as I get to her segment, I plan to turn it off. I will not be watching mm. Dateline. It'll be online and I'll watch it later. But I refuse to give NBC the, the viewership ratings. that they want yeah, for this. Yeah. So nobody cares what I do, but that's what I'm doing. So <laughs> anyway, on to more happier things. It's Pride Month. Yay. Woo. Like every month should be Pride Month. I hope every month is Pride Month, actually. But <laughs> I, I think for me it is because so. at this point I am twenty eight. I am out, and I've been out since I was sixteen. Well, yeah, at least to the people who matter. Um, nice. And so, yeah, I just don't really care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's it's cool to have a month to celebrate, but I really just hope that you know or. I wish rather, because I know it's not true that people could just be who they are every day of the year, but right. unfortunately we know that is not how this place works. So well, especially in Texas, mm-hmm. but anyway, I, we're here to celebrate that. And especially I'm going to celebrate you. So mm-hmm. um, yay! in honor of pride month, we are going to count down our top five favorites. I don't really know how to word it. I just said LGBTQ plus movies, but really I think what we decided on was movies that have a, a strong theme or a strong storyline that has to do with that community and their characters. So, um, as opposed to just, which we kind of talked about, maybe just focusing on single characters, but I, I agree with you. I like this better. And I feel I'm kind of sad that my list wasn't as long as I thought it would be. I think my long list has about 12 movies on it. Mm. So I'm interested to hear your picks because I feel like, A, you're a little more refined than I am. And B, you've probably seen a lot more movies, you know, that are geared toward that demographic that aren't like, you know, super in your face, popular movies. Yeah. So I'm hoping that I get some new ideas from you, honestly, because most of my movies are pretty mainstream, I will say. I I feel like we will probably have a few that a few that line up, maybe a few that don't. Um, I know my long list. God, it was so hard to pick. Mm-hmm. It was so hard to pick for me. I definitely. Um, there were there were quite a few movies that I absolutely love but I didn't want to pick just because uh, either there are certain tropes that I think are kind of tired or um, 
other movies just kind of one out. <laughs> gotcha. Well, if I have any movies that are like that, I definitely want you to tell me. The movies mm-hmm. that I picked are all movies that I either enjoy and can watch more than once or they had some sort of impact on me that was important not i mean i would say two of them are not movies i would watch over and over but Mm -hmm. they they hit me hard the other three i would definitely watch and have watched more than once so but i also could see where maybe a couple of them are like you know um stereotypical so yeah yeah you feel free to tell me because i that's not going to bother me um but i will say it was hard to pick just because there's different there's different ways you can go with like what kind of storyline you're attracted to or drawn to i guess um so yeah we'll see i'm excited what are you drinking i mean i I see wine but drinking uh black box uh cabernet seven yum um i like the i get um which which one is the one i get i usually get boda box but i like the black box Mm. too um i mean i think they're all pretty much the same as long as it's not franzia you've leveled up so (laughs) hey you know what i will never talk shit on franzia i am on their instagram they may not be (laughs) they may not be like highest quality but i am on their instagram from several years ago (laughs) Well, I am getting one of their ugly Christmas sweaters this year. I think yes. I can't remember if we talked about that, but I am getting one. I'm still sad that I don't have the one I wanted. So the fact that they even make those is just amazing. So, um, so I, oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think in 20, let's see, uh, three years ago. So 2019, um, I turned 25. So I did a like birthday uh photo shoot with a box of frenzia nice. and um if you ever if any of y'all listeners ever end up on uh instagram and y'all look at the frenzia instagram if you scroll down a couple pictures you will see a gift that they made of me moving closer and closer on a park bench to a box of frenzia <laughs> <laughs> okay i follow them on instagram too so i am gonna have to go look for that um, I don't, I, I haven't seen their stuff very often, but I know I do mm. follow them because two years ago, my cousin's girlfriend had an ugly Christmas sweater and I wanted it. So I went and followed them on Instagram. So I'm gonna go look for that. <laughs> Francia was my jam until I could afford something a little more expensive. So, right. <laughs> no hate. I mean, no hate. I mean, same, same. So uh, Francia or barefoot. Yes. It's just, you know, the headache that comes with it is kind of like, oh yeah you know, you have to be a little more careful. Um, I have a Malbec, Malbec, (laughs) can't talk. It's the Alamos Malbec, which is really good, extremely reasonably priced, which again is one of my favorite things. It's like 10 bucks for a bottle. Um, If you get it at a liquor store, I think it's like maybe 12 or 13, but it's still, you know, you can get it at 7-Eleven for 9.99. So um, it's very smooth. Yeah, Malbec's one of my favorite. Um, I was drinking my Boda box yesterday, but I saved, I saved the expensive wine for you. 10 bucks. I'm like springing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't break out the $10 bottle of wine for just anyone. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. Typically I'm not a heavy wine drinker. Yeah. Um, Luckily uh, my partner had picked up the black box 
And he was like, do you want a glass? Oh, speak of the devil. Here he is. <laughs> is he bringing you a refill? Uh, no, he's bringing oh. his own. <laughs> oh, I have the box. I have a box on my desk too, in case I run out of this. So, hi, bye. <laughs> he's, he's working on his own stuff right now. Good for him. Okay. Um, yeah. So we're going to do some sip libs and I am... What do I have? Um, there wasn't really a whole lot of good stuff that I could find that would really go with our theme. Um, I found one that sort of fit, but it was like super, super long. So I was like, meh, we're not going to do that. So this one is going to be a take on a Midsummer Night's Dream. Yes, love it. So we're going to we're going to Shakespeare this shit up. Um the first one's an adjective, so I'm going to go ahead and fill it in. Certifiably fuckable. All right. Now it's your turn. Give me a noun. Um, pride. A verb ending in S. I am going to say... Let's say, let's just say fucks. Why not? I'm, I'm easy. <laughs> All right. An occupation. Ooh, um, drag queen. Good one. Okay. Adjective. I am going to say sparkly. Plural noun. Um, thongs. Ooh, good one. Okay. What the hell? Uh-oh, sorry. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, that's not what I want to see. Okay. A verb. Um, dance. Okay, a noun. Um, dollar. No, dollar. Just dollar. dollar. Okay. Dollar. There we go. Dollar. Animal. I'm gonna say trash panda. Okay. Plural noun. Getting all the nouns. Um, <laughs> I know. Sorry. <laughs> Let me see. Cocktails. Okay. A noun for me, I'm going to say stage. A type of building. Like a strip club or a bank or like a skyscraper? <laughs> I'm thinking outhouse. Okay. <laughs> Like a what? A verb. Let's say. Mm. Mm. Okay, I'm just gonna use it again. I'm gonna say fuck. It's a different. It's a different tense. It's all right. <laughs> Plural noun. <laughs> Gosh, another one. Um, There's a few left. Heels. Okay, we're close to the end. Noun. I am going to say 
dildo. Okay, plural noun. Last one for you. Uh, jock straps. Okay, last plural noun for you. Okay. Oh, I get another animal. Let's say hippopotamus. And last one, adjective. Um, gaily. Ooh. All right, here we go. A Midsummer Night's Dream. Now the certifiably fuckable pride roars, and the wolf fucks the moon. Oh, <laughs> whilst the heavy whilst. <laughs> Whilst the heavy drag queen snores, all was sparkly, task foredone. Now the wasted thongs do glow, whilst the dance owl dancing loud. What? <laughs> puts, <lot> the wretch, <laughs> puts the wretch that lies in woe in remembrance of a dollar. Now it is the time of trash panda that the cocktails all gaping wide. Everyone <laughs> lets forth his stage in the outhouse way paths to fuck. Okay. And we heels that do run by the triple. Okay, I haven't read Shakespeare in forever. Hecates? <laughs> dildo. Hecate. He yeah. By the triple Hecates dildo. <laughs> this is terrible. From the presence of the sun, following jockstraps like a dream. Okay. <laughs> now I mean, our frolic. Yeah. <laughs> Not a hippopotamus shall disturb this gaily house. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. That was very Shakespeare. <laughs> no hippopotamus will disturb this gaily house. <laughs> Shakespeare on the drag stage. Woo! Uh, yeah, I don't think that would get a standing O from anybody. Let's not do that again. Make it a single dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's a dollar to go away and don't say that ever again. <laughs> okay, so now on to our top five. How okay. many do you think we're going to have in common? Honestly, given your description, I am pretty optimistic. So I think three. Okay. Yeah. I, I think two for sure and maybe mm. three since you're saying that. Um, it just kind of depends on, like I said, I have some that are more like indies on my long list and then some that are more mainstream. And I will say for the most part, I went more mainstream. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to see. All right. You get to go first. What's your number five? My number five um, is uh, 2016 movie of the year, uh, Moonlight. Mm. Which... Um, I absolutely loved. So good. I think what's funny is I didn't watch it until like several years later, like during COVID mm -hmm. lockdown. Um, but I absolutely loved it. I think it really, really meshed, you know, being queer and growing up queer mm -hmm. in, in a you know, context of African-American culture. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it, I, I, you know, it is harder to be gay and black than it is gay and white. Right. Um, but 
I, oh, it was just such a good movie. It was good. I've only seen it once, but I remember mm. that it, it made me cry. Yeah. It was very beautiful. And it definitely deserved all the accolades that it got. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's on my long list. It did not make my top five, but it was definitely a contender. Um, again, only seen it once, but it's definitely a movie I think everybody should see. Yes, I agree. I agree. It's, it's very beautifully done. And oh, what is his name? The main actor. I just blanked uh, on it. The 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 uh kid or the guy? The kid. Kid, um, I don't know his name. Or, a, well, yeah, I'll have actually, to. It's like, well, it's on the tip of my tongue. I have um, it up because I wrote it down. Oh, there um, you go. Yeah. Uh, so the kid, like the first portion of the movie, he's the kid. It's Alex Hibbert. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of him when he's older. Um, his, so at the end, whenever he says old himself, is Trevante Road. Rhodes. Okay, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of or a different thinking person. Of, are you thinking of the middle one? Maybe. Like What's his teenage, name? Teenage year. Um, I had it, and now there it is. Uh, Ashton Sanders. Okay, no, never mind. Are you um, Are you thinking of? Uh, I don't know who I'm thinking of. Or maybe I just Marcella. don't remember their names. I think the middle. The middle version of him was the one I remember being like super more impactful to me I don't really know why again I've only seen it once so but the yeah never mind ignore me (laughs) great pick yeah it was it's on there I didn't I think it's because my my other movies I've seen more than once and so I felt like a little more um I like well, I won't say anything yet, but I have another one on my list that is kind of along those same lines that, again, I've only seen once and it was a great movie, but yeah. it just didn't, it, it didn't resonate with me as much because I've only seen it one time. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, good, good choice. So my number five is the one that I fear may fall into your um, stereotypical overdone tropes uh, category, but I've loved it since it came out and it's you know uh one of those movies i kind of grew up on um and it's to wong fu and is it on your list it is absolutely on my list Yay! okay good i was like am i gonna get shit for having that because it is very you know i mean it's drag queens and it's 90s so it's very i feel like if that movie were made today it would be better i i agree but i think I think also if it were made today, it would the drag queens would either be played by actual mainstream drag queens or right. be played by at least LGBT, um, right? You know, members of that community because it was you know Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, right, uh, and John Leguizamo, and, jo- and yeah. and they're all straight, right? But I think for what it was, they did a great job, especially yeah. in, you know the nineties, nineteen ninety five. I, I absolutely adore that movie. I think that movie is a blast. Um, I mean, it's a lot of fun, but it, it hits on some heavy topics oh, too. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's like a good mixture. And I don't know, it's just one of those movies that I can always watch and get enjoyment from it. And yeah. not from a, I'm making fun of drag queens kind of way, but from like, I could, I see how people are 
doing these things and how they could, how cool it would be and how fun it would be, you know, like, right. I mean, and I mean, I think it is almost like a queer coming of age for drag queens specifically, but uh, also showing their positive impact on this mm-hmm. rural poduck town in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah. Like I, I think that's a fantastic movie. Um, I will say as far as LGBT tropes, um, I, you know, it's depictions of gay people. Um, But I think one of the biggest tropes, which, you know, Tu Wong Fu doesn't have it, which I I really appreciate. Um, And luckily Moonlight didn't have it either, although it could have been close. and you'll hear this if you ever, you know, if you talk to a lot of people who've watched a lot of uh, sort of non-mainstream LGBT movies, mm-hmm. there's a lot of tragedy. It is a yeah. lot of, it is a lot of, they do not live happily ever after. Their, yeah. their lifestyle has led to, you know, them being sad in the end or one of them dying. Like there's yeah. a whole trope of, the partner dying in the end. And I feel like um, that's a thing to like, okay, we're, and maybe not like queer filmmakers, but people who are straight making these movies. It's like, we want to, we want to give this community a voice or show their story, but we also want to wrap it up in a little bow for the people who think there's something wrong with it. That if you follow right. this lifestyle, then this is what's going to happen to you. Like, I totally get that. Cause that's, well. And I mean, I mean, there are a number of movies on my list uh, or my long list um, that I specifically didn't choose because of that trope. Because gotcha. at the end, there is no happily ever after one of them, you know, gets sick and dies, dies of AIDS or, or something, something awful. One of them gets shot. Like, right. That's such a major trope. And luckily, the mainstream movies are starting to, you know, veer away, away from, from that. that which I think is important because, you know, kids growing up nowadays who end up watching these movies need to know that it is not, you are not looking forward to your death. Exactly. You are looking forward to the amazing life you're going to have or you can have, you know? Well, and you want to try not to go into your life assuming that things are going to be bad. Like, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're any any kind of minority group, things are going to be tougher for you. If you're any in any kind of marginalized group of people, but still, I mean, I mean, I'm a white woman. I can't really say much about this other than from being a woman, but you still don't want to, you shouldn't have to look at life. Like it's going to be bad just because of who you are as a person. Like it's terrible. Right. Right. Um, and I actually had that conversation with some friends. We were talking about doing, um, movies for black history month. And I specifically wanted to do movies that were not about black trauma because yeah. all of the, and not for a bad reason, there's so many good movies that have to do with historical traumatic things that have happened to black people, but there's also so many good black movies that have nothing to do with that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't have to be the color purple or Selma or Mississippi burning or whatever. And not that those are bad movies. They're fantastic movies, but. You can still celebrate like, you know, waiting to exhale and girls trip and the best man and just, you Mm -hmm. know, like stuff that has nothing to do with all that horrible shit. So, yeah, Yeah. I totally get what you're saying. 
I think being able to portray, portray, you know, queerness without necessarily the assumed trauma that goes along with it, mm. that can go along with it. There are plenty of queer people who are lucky enough to not have experienced, you know, intense amount of trauma. I am lucky to say that I am one of them. I was, you know, I grew up very supported by my family. Um, Which in Texas is no small feat. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. I was very lucky. Um, Like I, but you know, you get like also like Love, Simon's and things like that, which I think Love, Simon is a beautiful movie. Mm -hmm. I think it is, but I think it's kind of also, I think you have to find a middle ground between like queer tragedy Mm -hmm. and sort of this fantastical almost uh you know perfect version of queer life where a a kid is forced to come out and his parents are like liberal activists (laughs) right and and and, like there's a bit hiccup of like hesitation but it's still like of course they're going to be accepting right it's like that family from get out i would have voted for obama a third time shut up (laughs) right right like you don't have to be that in my face about it and and honestly just like get out it's too good to be true yeah you know um well but yeah and the good thing is when you have families and people around you that can adjust to it which you know is just so infuriating to me with one of the things we're seeing in texas right now which is teachers having to be mandated reporters about you know kids being trans and their parents being accepting of that like that's the exact opposite of what you should want do you know how many trans kids can't come out to their parents can't be who they are and you want to punish people for having a loving family like god damn it it makes me so mad (laughs) i know and you know i i stand for those teachers that you know i remember when that started to come out and so many teachers were getting on TikTok and being like trans kids what are you talking about I don't have any trans kids in my classroom (laughs) right it's it's fully like what you're talking about (laughs) yeah it's like it doesn't matter if they're a mandated reporter if they would rather lose their jobs than put these kids in jeopardy yeah I think that is that is good people shit when I have a friend with a, a trans child who is very, yeah, I mean, she, well, her child's 18 now. So an adult, but still she's just like, I can't, I can't imagine. Like she is a mama bear. If somebody came yeah. after her, like she would kill people. She's like, oh, you yeah. are not coming for my kid or me or anything else when we've done nothing but provide a loving environment and accepting environment. Like, right. You know, and what's sad is that probably I, 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 I am saying this just from personal opinion. I don't really have a, I can't say for sure, but my guess would be if you're in a classroom and you're telling your teacher or saying anything about being trans, it's probably because you don't have acceptance at home. Like if you're actively seeking out somebody to talk to them about it, like if, if you do, you're probably just like, yeah, this is my everyday life, blah, blah, blah. And maybe they hear you and maybe they don't. And so that makes me sad too, because it's like, a lot of times teachers are the people that kids can go talk to and now they can't. Well, and I mean, that's the thing too. That's why everybody was so afraid is because suddenly kids who would feel sure they, if their teacher created a safe space for them, sure they'd feel comfortable. They may, 
but yeah. now it's like well I I mean I don't I don't want to be taken away from my family yeah school is the most unsafe place for our children in the entire world right now it's infuriating mm-hmm. to me like you know anyway okay so see we're already <laughs> going off on our tangents I'm sorry that's my bad um what number was Tu Wong Fu for you it is number three yay okay well we've got one in common um you're gonna be disappointed in me because i do have two sort of tragic stories on my list but here's the thing they they exist people i think i hate to say sometimes those more tragic movies are geared for heterosexual audiences i could see that um I am just, I am happy that mainstream is moving out of tragedy, queer tragedy, and moving into queer love and queer, mm-hmm. like, just queer happiness. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't think people necessarily need to know that, or need to think that we're all gonna yeah. die and, you know, all that stuff. Um, well, everything's yeah. not about forbidden love anymore. Mm-hmm. one of my movies is about forbidden love but other than that <laughs> everything's <laughs> not about forbidden love <laughs> okay what's your number four um my number four and this is my only real tragedy on my list um but i felt like it's important so i felt like i needed it and i honestly love sort of historical movies um milk yeah i forgot about that one mm-hmm. sean penn and james yeah. franco and uh josh brolin mm-hmm. and i i love that movie i think obviously for anybody who doesn't know um it's about harvey milk who uh ended up being the first uh really out member of the LGBT community to ever hold public office in the United mm-hmm. States in the 70s and um, his outspokenness and his activism ended up unfortunately getting him assassinated uh, by one of his colleagues which is absolutely tragic but uh, yeah but I think I think that movie in particular does a really excellent job of showing the outcome mm-hmm. of that like, it's not like he died in the end of the movie right there. Right. It's like they showed people, everyone stand up. And, like, that's honestly why San Francisco is, is honestly gay mecca, uh, almost, uh, just because of the history in the LGBT community there. Yeah. Um, from, like, really first starting to fight for our rights. Uh in in san francisco and then and then that happening and yeah and i just i like how much time they spend just in his life Mm -hmm. and i think movies that are about historical things are important even if it's not you know fully to the letter of what happened i think it's important to recognize that these things have happened to people and right you know that it's not okay and Sean Penn was phenomenal. I, I can't mm-hmm. believe I forgot about that one. I 
I absolutely love that movie. And I, I mean, there are a couple other uh, biopics on my list. Um, Behind the Candelabra, which mm-hmm. that uh, was good. That was it. Was definitely it was interesting. Boy, he was he was Liberace was kind of a mess. Yeah, a person. Um, Rocket Man mm-hmm. about Elton John, which was fantastic. Um, honestly, that's because, on my long list. I forgot right. about Behind the Candelabra. Michael Douglas I, is so good in that. Like I, I love his movie, or I love his music and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Imitation Game. Have you heard of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have seen it. It's been a really long time, but yeah, yeah. That is about Alan Turing, who is also uh, a member of the Alphabet Mafia from history, and he is the father of modern day computers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's crazy i can't believe i forgot about milk i'm so mad at myself i, I definitely <laughs> didn't have that one um but no that's a that is a great choice i haven't seen it in a really long time in fact i'm gonna write it down so i can watch it again i feel like sean penn is such a good actor and a lot of his stuff gets underrated um like I know that one and Mystic River were like just mm-hmm. so like he was just so good, but sometimes he just gets put in this weird quirky category and people don't take him seriously. But yeah, he's a really good serious actor. So okay, my number four is the cliche uh, homosexual drama, forbidden love, blah blah blah. I think you know where I'm going. I don't think mad so. at me. <laughs> it's Brokeback Mountain. I I will say for that specific choice, I get it. Just because that is really the first, like, yeah. actively mainstream movie with a queer storyline. Right. And I, I kind of remember that being really the first movie where I saw a serious relationship between two men and the love that was portray- portrayed and you know the physical affection and like a lot of times it's implied or it's made a joke of or whatever but in this movie it was like no this is what's happening these are two cowboys in the 60s like you can't you can't be gay in that environment like you just can't and they both have wives so it was like I mean obviously for me I you know I'm a romantic I love a forbidden love tale no matter who it's between but also I don't know. It just, it broke my heart so much just because, you know, I think everybody, no matter who you are, has had some kind of love story in their life that ended with a broken heart. Yeah. Whether, you know, whatever force was keeping you apart, in this case, it happens to be that they're both men and they love each other, which makes it even more sad, but because they know they can't be together, but I don't know. I thought the acting was amazing and I did like, you know, the somebody finally really just like put it out there and said okay we're gonna do this and we don't care what anybody thinks about it like we're gonna make this movie so yeah i i see how it's a little cliche and obviously it is the you know tragedy they don't end up together one of them dies spoiler alert and (laughs) you know it's the trope it's the trope it is it it is it here's i will say i will say this as well as far as non-mainstream movies, that trope has existed for a long time. 
prior to Brokeback Mountain. Right. Um, the idea that it's active in the first mainstream movie that really like you know sort of catches yeah. fire uh i'm i'm not surprised i'm not gonna you know shit on it necessarily just because it it is mainstream and you know it i feel like it started conversations um, yeah that uh you know outside of the queer community needed to be had I mean, I definitely had conversations with people who were like, not outright, like, they had ingrained homophobia, as in they were raised in a Christian household where they were told it was wrong, but they weren't like, but they weren't so indoctrinated into it. They were like, oh, gay people are going to hell. It was just, it's like, it's like a reflex. It's kind of like when you learn racism and you have to unlearn it because it's just like a reflex and so I had conversations with people and they're like, oh, I can't watch two guys kiss. And I'm like, well, why not? <laughs> and you're right. like, well, because c- it's weird or it's gross. And I'm like, why? And they're just like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's because that's how you were told. That's what you were told every day of your life, that that's wrong. And then it's like, well, that didn't really affect me. So why do I care? So I Right. I hope it helped people maybe move out of that comfort zone. I know that I had conversations with people because it is, unfortunately, when you are raised under a certain whatever, you do have these ex- instinctive reflexes to be like, oh, I don't like that. And you yeah. don't even know why, except somebody told you not to like it. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. So, and I think... I think that's almost doubly so for the people who it affects directly because I know whenever I was coming to terms with who I am, um, that was, that created very, very deep seated fears for me of thinking growing up being like, Oh my gosh, am I going to hell? Like, am I, am I, am I gonna, am I going to hell just for being who I am? Um, and I, like it absolutely is it absolutely can't is. even imagine I think, that I really can't like I'm so sorry right. that just breaks my heart <laughs> like I'm gonna start crying thinking about I can't understand <laughs> how people like I, I don't know not that it's the same thing but like I had a boyfriend in high school um his family was church of Christ and they believe if you're not baptized you go to hell and so his mom would tell him because he was like 16, he wasn't baptized. Yeah. I'm just so scared. You're going to get in an accident and die. And I'm not going to see you in heaven. You're going to be in hell. And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Like, I just, what? I just like, and it, you know, I, uh, it may just be my actual beliefs or just the fact that I'm not willing to let my beliefs any sort of beliefs you know make me think poorly of the people around me who I care about um yeah but uh I know uh the catholic church believes things about suicide right and I one of my cousins had passed away uh in 2003 I think um many years ago and he was queer, which I found out later on after I had come out. And I remember thinking, is, 
is like in hell because of what he did and it very much was something in my head and I literally mm-hmm. was like I was like what no right no. because because at the end of the day if if you know the god I believe in is a god of love and forgiveness and understanding right. he gets it yeah and he's not gonna he's not gonna punish someone for how they felt or the the emotions or the feelings that maybe they couldn't control or you know all that weight that was on their shoulders like yeah people shouldn't people aren't punished for that I believe that I do too I mean I and I know what you're talking about because I've had that same thing you know it's just like the instinctive reflexive thought of whatever yeah and I just think if you whatever higher power God, whatever you believe in, but especially if you believe in the Christian God and the Christian Bible, well, mm-hmm. it, God created you in his image. Like that's one of the first things it says. It yep. says that over and over and over. So if God created me to be who I am, if I'm gay or trans or bi or pan or whatever, God made me that way. Why, right. you know, the people that think it's a choice, I just, I, I can't fathom how you could think that, but you know, people are fucking crazy. So, oh, yeah, no, agreed, agreed. So, yeah, <laughs> you can't, I, you know, I try and I spend so much of my time trying to reason with people and trying to change their minds, like with facts and logic. And, and so many people, that's just whew, lost on them. <laughs> I think, I think sometimes it's almost a matter of pride. They don't want to be told they're wrong. True. True. And I get that, but again, I don't understand how you can't be open to change. Like, it's okay to say, I used to believe something, now I'm more educated and I've changed my perspective. What is wrong with that? Like, I know I've done that. Like, I I think I've told you this. I've looked back on old Facebook posts and been like, why did I think that? Well, it's because I didn't know any better. I mean, I fully remember being in fourth grade or third grade um it was a presidential election between george bush and uh al gore or oh my god you're so young i know (laughs) (laughs) sorry go ahead (laughs) i i literally like we were basically told to cheer for george bush Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting here, I'm a kid, and I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. Okay, woo! Like, like I keep hearing George Bush, and heck, I I think I did a project on George Bush Sr., and we had to send letters to, like, famous people that we were interested in learning about. So I have, like, a, I have, like, a letter from his wife, which is strange (laughs) I think his favorite I had asked what his favorite flavor of ice cream was and I'm pretty sure it was strawberry I may be wrong on that I don't know I don't have that letter anywhere now but I was like (laughs) I was like a kid I didn't know what was going on yeah like and so of course growing up thinking back now I'm like yeah I had no clue what was going on I wasn't informed now I'm informed 
and I have made my own opinions on what I've learned. Right. And have my own feelings on it. Well, it's like so many conservatives are up in arms about indoctrination. And it's like, Mm. you guys are the kings and queens of indoctrination. Like, do you want to know what indoctrination is? It's putting your two-year-old in a Let's Go Brandon shirt. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, for me and my husband, we are closer to the middle than we are farther apart, but we're still separated on some political issues. And so we get... I especially get passionate, but with my, with our daughter, we've been very like, okay, we want to present you with facts on both sides and tell you why we feel the way we feel and let you make your own decision. Yeah. But to tell your fourth grader, oh, you have to cheer for Trump. Like that's indoctrination. That's putting it in their head before they even understand what they're talking about to grow up and say, oh yeah, Donald Trump, blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, and especially in Texas right now, after the, uh, the tragedy in Uvalde um literally the first thing that they decide to do is go after drag queens and and like performing in front of kids which I'm just like I'm just like I'm sorry is that what you're worried about your kids going to a drag show how first off any any drag show that your kids could possibly go to that your kids would be allowed to go to is going to be appropriate for your kids. Right. Like, like they are costume entertainers. They might as well, might as well be professional clowns. Like. Or professional or like, Disney characters, your Marvel like, characters. Like, like a freaking Disney princess. Yeah. Like, like, let your kid enjoy it. It's like drag story times. They're not teaching the kids anything. They're reading cute stories to them. The kids see a princess reading them cute stories. It doesn't matter exactly. if that princess has a beard. Yeah, they don't Who care. Cares? <laughs> they only care if you oops, they only care if you tell them to care. And I'm right. sorry, I'm not worried about my kid going to a drag show and being harmed. I'm worried about my kid going to elementary school and being harmed. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just yeah, drives me insane. Um <laughs> yeah, see, there we go again. Uh, I live for tangents. Oh, me too. I'm telling you. All right. Well, I guess since we still have a list to do, <laughs> let's move <laughs> on to number three. Um, what is your number three? Well, you know my number three. Oh, that's right. Tu Wong Fu. My bad. Okay. All You're right. good. <laughs> I, yeah, like I said, yeah. I just love that movie. I think it tells a great story. Um. I think I think the movie is almost less about the drag queens and more about the the wife that they end up staying with. Yeah. And and her you and know, helping her basically out basically like telling her her abusive husband to fuck off. Um I wanted like I just, a goodbye Earl moment with that. Right. <laughs> I just I, I think it's a very, very sweet, lighthearted. And now mm-hmm. cult classic. Right. Um, which I think if anybody hasn't seen it, go watch Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Numar. Um, what a long ass title. Yeah. But literally it is. Which it is we've obviously shortened movie. it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just such a sweet movie. Yeah. And the cast is stellar. Again, they mm-hmm. are all straight men. So there's that. But still, 
I don't know. John, John Leguizamo, I feel like did the best job of like, I feel like he, he had a really good flair about himself, but still Patrick Swayze. And I, I don't know. I mean, I'll watch Patrick Swayze in anything. So, I mean, I think I was they watching an great. interview, right. I think I was watching an interview from him after like, after uh, to one food and he was talking about it and he was just like, yeah, you know, honestly, I was really nervous about being in that movie because that that is a role that I never thought I would portray and I wanted to do it right mm-hmm. and I wanted to do justice to this this character that had so much love and so much care in in their heart um and was 100% themselves throughout the entire movie mm-hmm. and I I honestly think all three of them did an excellent job and they did, you know, they did justice, especially for, you know, 1995. Right. And, you know, I think, I mean, Patrick Swayze did a really good job and I don't, I think that, you know, he's so like people think of him as dirty dancing or even like roadhouse, Mm. but I mean, this movie, and if you ever saw his Chippendale skit on SNL, like, (laughs) He is so he had a lot of versatility, and I feel like in Dirty Dancing he could have had more if he had had more opportunity to even like portray that softer side. But yeah, he he was a very good actor, and I feel like just didn't get he didn't get his due diligence or worth or whatever while he was here. But he yeah. also had a lot going on. So okay, well my number three is my last like sort of tragic one. And it is more of, I would say it's about, it is about a gay character, but the movie isn't so much about the fact that the person is gay so much as the repercussions of that. Um, It's Philadelphia. Um, I've ever watched that. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. It's, it's sad. Um, Yeah. It's 1993. So it's still very early. Um, you know, in any kind of movie portraying gay characters. Um, But I feel like it's very culturally significant. It kind of goes along with, it's around like the same kind of time frame, like uh, story-wise as like Dallas Buyers Club, but a little bit later. But basically, Mm. you know, Tom Hanks, he's this like partner at this high profile law firm and he's gay, he's hiding it. And he has AIDS, he's hiding that too. And somebody at his law firm figures it out outs him and he gets fired so then mm-hmm. he sues them so um i mean tom hanks and denzel washington are just fantastic i mean yeah. this movie won oscars for a reason so i would say that you know the movie does talk about his uh life and him being gay but it's really more about his obvious the struggle which you know we kind of talked about but it is the struggle of okay I'm a gay man in a very straight, rich, white, male, privileged position. And I've been fired. And now I have to go in front of everybody and tell everybody that I'm gay. Tell everybody about my lifestyle. Tell everybody that I have AIDS and try to get something. I don't think he even wants his job back, but he's suing for money. And it's just a really good movie. Um, It, you know, it's a drama. It's very sad, but. I feel like it's very culturally relevant even today. And so that's why I, I think so. It. I mean, so. I, heck, like 1993 
I pulled up the Wikipedia because yeah. I, I needed to know more. Um, yeah. 1993, I mean, that's still- You weren't seeing at that. At the tail end. I mean, I had just been born. So there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was- AIDS was still of- a gay disease or just <coughs> kind of like- Excuse me. I think that was really shortly after the little boy who had the transfusion died. Yeah. Ryan, somebody, well, I can't remember his name. Was it White? Yes, Ryan White. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so that had brought new light to it, but it was still really, well, even I mean, it in, had been, it was still a gay disease. Like, oh, and yeah. so it had been largely ignored up until then. And yeah. Heck, we're still dealing with the repercussions of that because yeah. people who are gay can't can't donate blood uh mm-hmm. without you know stopping having sex for three months which is stupid there are tests it's stupid they anybody tests. they test well, the blood. anybody can anyone get anyone can get anything <laughs> like, well, it's like anyone i guess monkeypox now yeah anyone anyone can get anything so well, well you know mtg said monkeypox is only transmitted through gay sex so i guess i'm safe <laughs> oh my god god she is so fucking insane <laughs> I'm She's just hoping idiot. we don't have to go off on the tangent, but the stuff that's coming out about Lo and Bobert now, can we please dig up some fucking dirt on MTG so they can just both be kicked out on their white trash asses? Like, please. I mean, <laughs> just wait. She'll dig it up herself. Yeah. Monkeypox is only transmitted through gay sex. Shut up. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so the stigma was definitely still attached to people during this time yeah. frame and and clearly in this movie it's made to be a big deal that he has to hide everything about himself not just that he has aids but also that he's gay and it's well you see the tremendous still, weight that he has from it right well and i think that's still you know relevant at least in some aspects to today just because some places in texas some areas of texas you have to if if you come out they can fully fire you without any repercussions mm-hmm. um which you know that shouldn't be a thing anymore but it is yeah um texas and it's no fault bullshit it's ridiculous and so you know of course the aids crisis is not really a crisis anymore people have been living with aids for decades um you know people who had it in the AIDS crisis are still living today um and luckily there's research being done to vaccinate and get rid of it which I love um but it's history you know Mm -hmm. and um even if it's not you know based on a specific person it's still something that happened that affected you know hundreds of thousands of people yeah millions of people um and yeah yeah and you know anything tom hanks does is just golden to me he's he's such a good actor and you know yeah i mean he lost a lot of weight for the role kind of like how matthew mcconaughey did for dallas buyers club but it's not just that it's just you know i don't know it, it's a good movie. I recommend you watch it. Definitely have tissues. It's very heavy. Yeah. It's, you know, expect to be upset by it, but it's, I think everybody should see it. Um, I agree. I'm sure you've seen this, by the way, this uh, 
steadfast church dude talking about oh my god yeah do you know that that place is half a mile from where i work yeah you know um um but a luckily, lot of the people luckily um, people are out there protesting and it's glorious my friend went by and took like water and snacks to all the people standing out in front on the side of the road with all the pride flags and stuff i was like yes so it's like fuck fun facts people live also, in my community right right well that's i think that's something i'm realizing is a lot of those people are closer to home than anyone ever realizes um luckily i don't have them directly in my life <coughs> goodness um but like they still you know exist fun fact though those 31 asshole white supremacists mm-hmm. that were arrested uh at that pride parade nine of them i think eight or nine of them were from texas five or All six of, of them, them live in my county all of them have connections to every single one of them. All 31 have connections to steadfast churches. Doesn't surprise me. Which, yikes, like what? Yeah, like like five or six of those guys live in my city or in my county. Um, oh my I, this is terrible, but I actually went and looked up to see if any of them were patients in my practice. Because I was like, uh, I need to be wary of these people. But luckily, I, they weren't. But yeah, that. When I saw that, I was like, oh my God. But I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I know these people live in my community where I live. It's a very ripe area for those people. Um, right. I am definitely a minority in my area. Um, and my, my friend many, and I talk about it a lot. <laughs> one too many let's go branded flags. Yeah. Um, you should have seen during the election all the Trump signs in people's yards and then people would go steal them and the trump people would steal the biden ones and it's like what i was like oh my god but yeah it's it's insane um yeah that church is like half a mile from my office so i'm glad people are out there doing their thing and i was real proud of my friend for going out there i mean not that she wouldn't support them she would have been out there if she didn't have to work but um yeah it's just it's insane so Definitely not something that people are not dealing with anymore, even though AIDS may be not something we're as worried about. It's still, especially in places like Texas and especially places like Fort Worth or, Mm. you know, I I think Houston's probably a little more versatile. Dallas is very much more, you know, versatile, liberal. Fort Worth is very conservative. And so it's, I definitely see a lot of hatred here and a lot of, hypocrisy and bigotry and it's yeah yeah you know well and for anybody listening wear a condom please for the love of god wear a condom yeah you don't want to catch anything it doesn't matter if you're gay straight whatever yeah anything in between element op wear a condom yes like you don't want to catch anything it's not that hard like wear a condom it does not matter yeah even if you're giving blowjobs or at the very mm-hmm. least get away from the volcano before it erupts, but that's still not really fully safe either. So and also generally brush your teeth. Like <laughs> this is not you know, great. Yeah. For that nobody, nobody likes that. 
Um, okay. Well, so anyway, that's my last like super heavy movie, but I definitely recommend you watch it, but just, you know, be prepared. All right. Well, Number two, what do you have? Um, I don't know if you'll know this one. I, I hope you do just because I absolutely love this movie. Um, okay. uh, and I feel like everyone I talk to about it, no one knows what the fuck it is. It's such okay. like a cult classic. Um, Connie and Carla. I don't know it. I don't know how people don't okay. know it. Um, well, I'm going to write it down. So tell me about it. It's Nia Vardalos. So big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. And Tony Collette, who, I mean, she goes without saying. Yeah, uh, she can't do she, anything wrong ever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it is it is Sister Act in a gay drag bar. Ooh. What year is so, it from? 2004. Okay. Um, so basically, Connie and Carla, these two best friends from school growing up they always wanted to be divas they always wanted to be stars (laughs) they ended up working in an airport lounge singing show tunes in an airport lounge um and i like that following right they follow that same uh sort of sister act storyline where they accidentally witness a murder (laughs) and so so instead of going to a convent or being put in a convent and witness protection, they're like, well, where do we go to not be noticed? Let's go to LA and be stars. <laughs> they end up in a gay drag club posing as drag queens. <laughs> this movie is absolutely hysterical and very very heartfelt and i could see that it's it i always felt like it although it doesn't specifically revolve around the queer characters in it they do have a lot of really nice storylines where um sort of the love interest um in the movie the romantic interest in the movie is brothers of one of the entertainers in the club and um so they they sort of have a hash out of their you know brotherly relationship with each other and yeah. I don't want to give away too many details because I'm sure a lot of people no I'm totally it. gonna watch but, this this sounds good but it sort of dives in, into like familiar relationships where it's like sort of the after effects of someone being kicked out of their home um and because of, of being that. gay or just yes. in general okay okay yes gotcha. um one of the main sort of characters that they meet in this club i will just say there's a duo of drag queens in this club that go by peaches and then the other queen is Anne cream like her, her name is Ed Creep, which I think is <laughs> they always hysterical. have to perform together, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> and she was like, she was like, well, this is just stupid. Her name is Peaches. That's cute. I'm Anne Cream. Anne Cream, are you serious? Like I can't go out by myself. What does that even mean? It's it's that's such cute. A funny and sweet and cute movie. It's oh. very like gay sister act. Okay. Um, which I just, I, 
It's so funny. It's so funny. It's so good. It sounds really good. I wrote it down. I'm definitely going to watch it. Um, I have a technical question. Hmm. And forgive me for ignorance. I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask. Okay. So if to the official title of being a drag queen, does that mean that you are, that you have to dress up as someone the opposite gender of you? No. Or like, like if I wanted to dress up like, this is a terrible example, but let's just say RuPaul. Like I wanted to get all fabulous and huge hair and huge, huge makeup and like anything that's not like me, that wouldn't really be drag queen, right? Because I'm dressing up like, or, or is it? Like, no, it would be. Yeah. Okay. Here's the so thing. What, what is, what's the definition? The, I don't, I think Sorry, more I'm and more and more. No, 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 you're fine. I, I, I am a drag entertainer. I know. That's why I'm asking. In you. some respects. So I don't <laughs> mind, I don't mind sharing. Um, the term has been expanding over the past 10 or 15 or 20 years. Um, so, you know, there were drag queens and drag kings, mm-hmm. which, you know, drag queens would typically be female impersonators, male to female impersonators. That being said, there are AFAB queens, so assigned female at birth. So basically women dressing up because, I mean, drag is not necessarily a a sort of impersonation, but it is a style almost. Right, it's not. It's not an assumed identity. It's a, for lack of a better word, I'm dumbing it down like a costume like a personality or a character it's not i know there is a louisiana based queen who i absolutely love her work she's stunning her name's mahogany campbell and oh my god i love that (laughs) she is in she's in a fab queen she's assigned female at birth and she specifically posts photos of her before and after getting into drag and she's like she always posts taglines of like you can't tell me this isn't a transformation because she she is doing drag specific makeup and things like that but when she is transforming into that character it is a female character or a non-binary character or a male Hmm. character or it just depends i mean i i'm fairly certain mahogany uh refers to herself as a female okay don't quote me on that you know i'm i'm not certain for sure um but uh, drag has become such a sort of open and diverse uh, sort of area, field, so to speak, that typically if I don't know, I just say drag entertainer. Okay. Um, just because there are there are drag queens and there are drag kings, but there are also people who consider themselves non-binary so they are a drag performer drag entertainer um but you wouldn't just make the assumption that if somebody was on stage dressed as a for gender roles a female character you wouldn't would you you wouldn't automatically assume that the person underneath was male or female or non-binary you just wouldn't know until they told you or 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 would it be I, understood that if you're dressed up as the 
drag think, queen female that you're probably a man or it just I doesn't think, matter yeah i think i think whenever it comes to drag it just kind of doesn't matter okay. like, like i'm trying to make it too specific is what it sounds like <laughs> i think i think well and here's the thing it's not it's not a you thing i think i think this is something that a lot of people struggle with yeah i think and that's why i'm asking because i i don't know and i'm not trying to be a dick about it i I just don't know so um i think in the world of drag whenever you're seeing them in drag that is who they are who they are outside of drag heck who cares I, i mean i'm in the drag community i don't know half of the drag queens names outside of drag Mahogany. like i don't know that i don't i don't know their actual names and they don't know mine mahogany i love that okay sorry i'm still stewing so, over mahogany so like <laughs> i know i love her she is, and... she is stunning okay <laughs> she is she is beautiful she is absolutely beautiful but is she, is um, she like chocolatey or like mm-hmm. okay i yeah mm. okay anyway sorry <laughs> i'm picturing something um, in my head um okay she, but yeah, I think, I think when it comes down to drag entertainers, it just doesn't, doesn't whatever matter. you want to, yeah. that's cool. I, there's this episode of sex in the city, which I, did you ever watch that? Uh, we actually just finished. Um, and I'm tr- I always forget the name of it because it's not as catchy as sex in the city. Oh, the, the just the, like that or whatever. And just like that. Yeah. Um, we just finished watching that. It, okay. Honestly, it gets better after no, like, the I first finished like, it. I have four episodes, thoughts. <laughs> but it's it's definitely uh, yeah. I'm very upset about what they did to Miranda. Not about not about her being gay. It's it's the all the time she spent fighting for Steve, and then it's kind of like Carrie and Big. How she spent all this time fighting for Big, and then the second movie she kisses Aiden, like yeah y'all are just perpetuating the the stereotype that women can never fucking be satisfied (laughs) right anyway um there's this episode where this uh guy comes into like charlotte's gallery and he's uh he photographs women dressed as men and so he has her have you seen that or is that sound familiar Mm -mm. he so he wants to to do that for her so she dresses up and is in a suit and hair and all this stuff and you know he takes these pictures of her and they're like really beautiful and i was like i feel like that would be really cool to do like i would do something like that like i like because it's be like a, a different king? i mean well if i if i was going to do something like that yes i would go full on whatever i could possibly do like she did this I very will... simple suit mustache i'd be like no i, I need to go right now far the other way next time you end up in houston go to pearl Pearl is okay. the uh, lesbian bar in Houston. Okay. Um, it's honestly, I've recently news that it is, I think, one of like eight lesbian bars left in like the United States. They're very rare nowadays. Um, but it is absolutely fun to be at. And that's where they host the Drag Kings show, Houston mm. H-Town Kings. Okay. And, oof. Those kings, they are class acts. Like they they perform their hearts out and they're kind of hot doing it. <laughs> like I just think that would be so cool. Not like not that I'm a performer would or would do that 
um but i think it would be cool to like assume another like total different persona of yourself and just like for one day just do something completely different like i think that would be cool um we had a really cool lesbian bar in oklahoma city in our like in our arts district and it's not open anymore either so just like meh they serve the best drinks okay (laughs) queer bars they are heavy pours it was called the painted desert and they made this drink in like a giant margarita glass and it was like it literally looked like a desert sunset and then once you mixed it up it looked like slime it was terrible but it was (laughs) it would fuck you up okay back to our regularly scheduled programming (laughs) so what is your number two is that where we are okay i think so yeah yes it's going to be another cliche, but I cannot get enough of this movie. I will watch it anytime it's on. It is one of my all-time favorites. It is The Birdcage. Yeah. I, I, oh my God. I love this movie so much. Like Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. And I just, oh my God, it's so quotable and it's so fun. And it's just hilarious. Um, again it is very sticky and it's very like oh in your face about stereotypes but i think it does it in a good way honestly i think my favorite part about it now that i'm thinking about it because i absolutely adore the birdcage um is the fact that whenever nathan lane comes out in drag as as uh the son's mother um yeah and he starts he's he fully starts acting as if he completely agrees and he's this beautiful conservative woman and all this stuff that is drag like yeah that is that is camp that is impersonation like it is all an absolute joke and it is it is all this hysterical rank almost and I think that's what makes that performance just so funny and just so hysterical and just so great yeah um yes I love the bird catch it's I mean it is like I said very stereotypical but it is so much fun and I'm sorry Nathan Lane is a national treasure like I just I love everything about him and everything he does and of course Robin Williams but I feel like they did such a good job of, while again, maybe, maybe over-dramatized, maybe not, but of just these two people who just love each other so much and are just so full of life and they own this drag club and they're just like, you know, this is our life and we're so happy. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, no, we have to pretend to be straight. Like, Well, and I think it does such a great job of turning that storyline on its head. Mm Mm-hmm where i mean by the end of the movie their queerness their you know the fact that he does drag and all of all of this ends up saving the republican senator (laughs) right which who would have ever thought i mean let's face it nowadays if i if i had the choice between protecting a republican senator's image and letting him just burn i'm not gonna be so nice (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) um but like i i just loved it just because i feel like it it 
it made faking it hurt mm-hmm. you know it yeah. made you feel bad yes for them not being themselves and for them having to hide themselves and I have certain feelings about the son just because I feel like he in a perfect world he would have never asked something like that um but I, I think yeah I mean what would you do asshole. as parents <laughs> like what would you do for your kid uh well exactly um, but it's yeah. also sad that he would have even you yeah know, asked that well, but again it's all like, about the social hierarchy and the way that things are perceived and the way that people perceive things and it's like yeah everybody wants to fit in everybody wants to feel like they belong somewhere and i in that time like not necessarily now but you know 20 30 years ago when it wasn't as prevalent or people didn't talk about it as much i could sort of imagine an awkward feeling of being raised in a a single gendered household like with two dads or two moms and not really know when i go out into the world what other people grew up with because it was so different luckily now i think it's more prevalent and people are more aware of it but i could see how that could be i don't know difficult to navigate but still they're your parents right well and i think and they love you i think there's something to be said for um you know the fact that at the end whenever he finally you know sort of de-wakes himself and his son goes up and he's like these are my parents my dad this Mm -hmm. is it's my mom like yeah like like they regardless of the genders they fit the they fit the roles of his parents and he ended up you know turning and being a good kid right um but I think I think that movie was also about growth for him realizing what he was asking um right but I mean I don't know I I hope to have kids someday yeah uh I I hope to be the parent they deserve I have no doubt it will be I will certainly try I think I think the idea that parents can't fuck up sometimes is ludicrous because we're all people Uh, no (laughs) as a parent you will most certainly fuck up at at Mm -hmm. least once or twice a week it's just about I think for me being a parent has been about ownership of when I mess up I think it's you know everybody's like oh kids are too coddled these days and kids are too blah 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 blah. and it's like well in some respects yes but also it's important to recognize that your children are human beings they don't react to things the same way you would you know you can't expect expect a five-year-old to react to a situation the same way as a 30-year-old would right and so it's important to validate their feelings and if you you know i've yelled at my daughter when i shouldn't have but i've also apologized to her and so i think that gives her the ability to then apologize to me when she's done something shitty, which sometimes she does and sometimes she doesn't, but you know, nobody's perfect and your kids need to see that. I think that's the greatest lesson 
that you can teach is is not only saying well well tell them tell them you're sorry because what you did wasn't right it's being able to say hey what I did wasn't right and I'm sorry um because I think that's that is a teaching moment for them as well Mm -hmm. um to really learn about taking ownership and accountability and you know well, and you, you don't get to decide if you hurt somebody's feelings or not. Right. And that, right. and that's kind of a conver- that's a tough conversation I've had to have with my husband because it, he's a, you know, kind of a black and white person. And so he sees things in a certain way. And when he is doling out, you know, constructive criticism or even punishment, he's very full of, this is the way things are. And I'm right about this. And while he may be correct, you know, if you hurt somebody's feelings, you hurt their feelings. Yeah. You don't get to say you didn't hurt someone's feelings. You need to, and this is not, this is not about him in general, like just people in general. If somebody says you hurt me and this is what you did to hurt me, you have to say, okay, I'm sorry. You right. can then follow up with, okay, well, my intentions were this or that or whatever, but you don't get to say, oh, you're just being a baby. Oh, you're just overreacting, right. which is what we do to children you're just being a baby grow well, up. And I mean, I think that's, absolutely they're trying, right. <laughs> right. I I think that's absolutely right. Where it's like, if, if you hurt someone's feelings, it doesn't matter what you were intending to do. You hurt right. their feelings. What you did had an effect. It may not have been the effect that you were intending, right? but it has an effect. And so absolutely saying, Hey, look, I am sorry what I did in this moment affected you this way. I, I had no intention of doing that. Um, right. you know, I want to, I want to do better in the future to prevent, prevent harming you in that way. Um, it is really easy with kids though. I will say mm-hmm. like my mom was a big fan of the, because I said so logic mm. and it infuriated me. And I always swore I would never do that. And I've done it. I try hard not to, but sometimes when you are at your limit and, and you don't want to say or do something that you know well, you'll regret, sometimes you have to lay down the, I'm your mom and I said so, bottom line, do it. And as a kid, you're like, no, I need a justification. But as an adult, you're like, no, I told you to do it. Just do it. <laughs> I mean, I've fully given college students the because I've said so. <laughs> because they have a knack of of can I do this I'd be like "Mm, no I'd rather you didn't and I'd be like but why not and I'd be like well because it's not safe and I like I want you to be safe that is my entire job here like but I'll do it safely and I'm (laughs) like okay you know what just don't no I am shutting this down. Yeah. You will not do it because I am telling you not to do yeah. it. No is a full sentence. <laughs> like, like I, I gave you my proper response. Yeah. You didn't accept it. So now you will get, you will get the child response. Of, exactly. Because I said so. And kids have a hard time accepting the, you know, we try to say, okay, you're going to have a part in this conversation. This is what we're going to mm-hmm. talk about. You're going to give your feedback. We're going to give ours. 
But ultimately, we're going to make the decision because we're the parents. Just because you have a say in it doesn't mean it's going to go your way. And so right. that's a real fine line to tread because I, I am a believer that the more you can treat your children like real people and appropriately for their age, I don't want to say like an adult when they're not an adult, but the more you can talk to them like they're a real person and understand their psyche, the more they're going to be receptive to what you're saying or whatever. But, but yeah, sometimes, especially when they get to be teenagers, it's just like, this is what's best for you. I'm sorry. You don't like it. (laughs) This is what it is. So, right. Right. Good luck to you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. I I think you're going to be great. Um, all right. We're down to number one. Aren't we? Yes. Yes, we are. I'm hoping you have my number one as yours, but we're going to see. I don't have my number one as yours. How do you know? Uh, Because I have my number one as your number two. (gasps) (laughs) I have the birdcage as number one. I, like I said, I absolutely love it. I think it's, I think it's hysterical. I think it tells a great story. Um, In a perfect world, I would have two LGBT people playing LGBT characters. Mm -hmm. We got one. So, you know, that's that's halfway there. But the other one is Robin Williams, which I will never, ever, ever, ever as a human being shit on Robin Williams just because he is, he is an angel of a person and uh, always will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, God bless. But ah. yes, I did a I think, top five Robin Williams movies, and the Birdcage was in there. So I mean, I am no surprise there. I think if I could have anyone who isn't LGBT play an LGBT character, it would be Robin Williams. Yeah. Um, just because he he is such he was such a kind human being, and. I know any mannerisms, anything that he would do would never mean any harm right. or anything like that. Um, like it, so, it meant to be true to the person, yes. not like a stereotype. Yeah. So I, I stand Robin Williams. <laughs> yeah. And I stand the birdcage. So good. I I've seen the birdcage way too many times. I have seen it way too many I've times. I've seen it a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah, it's again, like top five Robin Williams performances. It's in there. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. my number one, but it was definitely in there. He's right. fantastic. Um, sorry, Dead Poet Society, number one, always, that's, always, that's always, fair. a million times forever. But also I grew up on that movie and oh, my heart, I can't even. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, no, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you had the birdcage. I was worried that you might think it was too sticky. Oh but no, I love the birdcage. It is uh I I do get kind of like maybe self-conscious, especially when you said, you know, about like certain tropes being overused because to me, I I see them as a certain thing like the birdcage. I see it as comedy. I see it as heart, you know, all the things that you said, but I'm also not you know, I'm not gay. So if I were, I, I could see how maybe that would be seen as offensive. And so it, for me, I feel bad sometimes where I'm like, well, I'm enjoying this, but should I not be enjoying it? You know, I, I think 
a lot of the more harmful tropes, those kinds of tropes, whenever they are in gay characters are usually side characters. Um, yeah. You know, they're, they're the, oh, quirky fashion designer or mm-hmm. quirky, quirky best friend that like, I think, what was that? Okay, writing? but hold writing. on because the guy from, uh, what is it called? Huh. The Buddies show that was in Beverly Hills Cop. I love him. What is that? Bosom Buddies. No clue. These are all too old for you. Have you seen Beverly Hills Cop? I, I know Beverly Hills Cop, but I have not seen this. Okay, place. never mind. Well, <laughs> the, the art gallery guy. So, yes, he was very stereotypical, in-your-face gay guy. He was on Bosom yeah. Buddies. So, I see what you're saying, but also he was hilarious. But anyway. um, <laughs> As far as queer story tropes, the tragedy is really the biggest one. Yeah. Where it's like any any queer love story ending in the death of a partner or something of that nature. Right. Um, I stand the birdcage just because they are two very different people. Nathan Lane plays uh, his character differently than Robin Williams mm-hmm. plays his character. He's so proper. <laughs> right. Like they're very much not the same right. person. Um, and I think the realization that you know gay people are as diverse as straight people right we we have we have jocks we have Mm -hmm. you know people who act super masculine and tough Mm -hmm. and and we have people who are more effeminate we have you know everywhere in between I like to find myself somewhere in between that um I know Josh was saying that I have a I have a uh deep masculine voice and i'm just like really (laughs) oh my god what no no i i mean it's funny that you say that because that's exactly what i was gonna say for the way that the way that so many movies or people or whatever try to portray gay relationships especially between men i i don't think it's Mm -hmm. as as much of a thing with with lesbians you try to act like one is the man and one is the the female or you know what and it's like do you not realize that heterosexual relationships taking out the male female part there's always an alpha or there's always a there's always a a difference of so there's this there's this episode of modern family and i love to talk about this that has anything to do with relationships. And I can't remember the exact quote, but it's basically um, Phil is talking about how there are two kinds of people. There's dreamers and there's realists. Mm-hmm. And you would think the realists find the realists and the dreamers would find the dreamers, but usually the opposite is true because the dreamers need the realists to keep them grounded and the realists needs the dreamers to teach them to reach for more. And so they kind of yeah. find each other. And I that that's not true of every relationship, but it's true of most relationships. It's definitely true of mine. My husband and I are so different in that aspect. And I don't, that's not a gay thing or a straight thing or a yeah. whatever. That's just a people thing. Right. And and so I think people like to, you know, sensationalize gay couples as a certain thing. And it's like 
straight couples are the same way. You just don't see it because they're male and female. It's the same thing. Well, it's like we're literally just couples. Exactly. Just just couples. (laughs) Like people are people. And if you weren't looking at their, you know, gender or sex or whatever, you would see that people tend to find people, you know, the opposites attract thing is generally pretty true to some extent. Yeah. Because if you're with somebody who's the exact same as you, I think you would kill each other. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to date myself. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, in my relationship, I'm very much the dreamer. My husband is very much the realist and it causes a lot of conflict, but it also brings a lot of perspective. Yeah. So it annoys me when people are like, oh, you know, Oh, she's the bitch and she's the lipstick lesbian. And like, like, shut up. That's just a relationship. Like, that's just how people right. are. Like, like you've never seen an old fat white guy with like a hot girl half his age. Like, I mean, it, it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> I mean, I see it a lot. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> money, honey. Okay. So you don't have my number one, and I'm actually wondering if you've seen this movie. Um, this movie, to me, out of all of my movies, is the one that most hit me as the complications of relationships, but specifically, I, I don't think they ever say anybody's bisexual. I think it's maybe implied um, but it's kind of just like a weird dynamic of people. Um, it's the kids are all right. I, it was, it's in my long list. Okay. It is in my um, long list. I love this movie. It, it's so complicated and so mm. heartfelt and so not what you think it would be. Like, you know, first of all, okay, two women married to each other who have each had a biological child from the same sperm donor. How amazing is that? That your kids are siblings and you've been able to do this. Like, to me, that's just so cool. But, you know, you can't ever discount the fact that eventually your kid's going to want to know where they came from. And that's so hard because if, like, if I had adopted or I had had gotten a sperm donor, I'm your parent. You don't, I don't even know who that person is. Why do you want to know? But at the same time, I can't imagine not knowing who both my parents were. So I see both sides of it. Um, But they find him and they bring him into this family dynamic. And then he's sleeping with one of the wives. Like, yeah, yeah. it's just (laughs) so all the actors are amazing. The story is very complex and sad, but also beautiful. And I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a good movie. It is, it is family drama. Yeah. Like, if, and I think that's why were, I like it. <laughs> if it were a genre, it would be family drama. And I, I love, I love the kids are all right. I really enjoy that movie. I think largely because of the realism of it. Just that's because, why I picked it. Yeah, it is. It, it always struck me as very uh, grounded uh, nothing nothing in it was particularly fantastical or anything like that right um well it just shows I, that life is messy 
it doesn't matter what your sexuality is it doesn't matter none of those things matter i mean it matters in the movie in the context of the story but life is just messy there's always things never work out the way you think they will and shit happens and this is a particularly messy story (laughs) yeah i think um as as far what's what's funny is i feel like in most cases people don't people don't go so far as to like see if I can word this correctly. I feel like most uh, LGBT parents probably do their due diligence where in, in like the case of like a sperm bank, they're gonna know exactly who this person is. They probably, honestly, if I were going to- Do they tell uh, you or do they let yeah. you know? Oh, okay. I don't know. So yeah, I, it's not anonymous? No. Oh. I mean, they they okay. may not tell you where the person lives, but they'll they'll like they show you a picture of them. They give you their name. They give you you know general oh, wow. information about them, their their uh, medical history, things like that. Just because it's it's things relevant to having a kid. If, All of if, that, except for their name and their picture, I agree with. I mean, well, obviously, I mean, you want a medical history, but. I'd probably want their picture, but then again, I don't necessarily need a sperm donor. Um, (laughs) I would think most sperm donors do it to be anonymous and just to get the money, but maybe. Oh, yeah. I'm certain that's true. Um, (laughs) All I know is if I were a a woman needing a sperm donor, I'd probably want as much information. Yeah, I would want to know what it looked like. (laughs) Right. Um, But. I mean, as far as surrogacy goes, a lot of times the surrogate ends up being, you know, whenever whenever you pick someone, they end up being a constant part of your life for the rest of right. your life because they are part of your kid's life. And yeah, and you're going to be there the whole way. Like, that's yeah. so different. Um, I mean, even adoption with some respects, uh, a lot of times... Unless the unless the person that's giving up the child is choosing to go no contact, right? Um, a lot of times there is some amount of contact given, yeah, just from both sides. Uh, so as as far as uh, you know, kids searching up their own their own sperm yeah. donor dad or or you know adopted adopt you know biological mother or things like that uh, i'm not certain how how often that happens i'm yeah. sure it does happen though i'm sure it does happen but um i mean it's a movie but yeah i get what you're saying <laughs> i mean i i i still love that movie just for its realism and the complexities of sort of relationships showing a relationship well showing a queer relationship as you would a straight relationship yeah like it it is no different all that stuff can still happen in yeah in a straight relationship just like it can happen in a queer relationship parents queer parents are the same as heterosexual parents yeah you know they're they they still provide the same function so um well, and all the same shit still exists where 
one person might feel like they're pulling the weight more and the other person might feel less appreciated, which is what happens, you know, and you grow apart and you only talk about the kids and you don't talk, you know, it's again, like what we're just talking about. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter what the genders of the people are. Relationships are relationships and and there's always going to be conflict. (coughs) Goodness. You okay? Um, Yes, I'm good. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And I think that's just relationships. So I, I appreciate the way they told that story. Yeah. And the actors are fantastic. (coughs) First of all, I would never be mad if, if I found out Mark Ruffalo was my dad or actually I would be because then I couldn't marry him. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I would not want Mark Ruffalo to be my dad because then I couldn't marry him. But if I found out he was my baby daddy and I could have him on the side, I'd be okay with that. Like, you know, what's her name? I mean, I... God, I love Mark Ruffalo. Okay, sorry. I, I love Mark Ruffalo, too. I think that's what made that so funny. Um, <laughs> Mark Ruffalo, I do not want you to be my dad, but you could be my daddy. Ew, no, I can't, Ooh. no. I don't understand how people say that. Ew, no. Um, I, uh, 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 <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, to each their own. I just can't pull that off. Um, but all the actors in this movie are, I mean, and obviously, you know, they're high caliber actors. Annette oh, Benning and... Like, uh, why fully award winning actors. Why did I just blank on her name? If it makes you feel any better, I've like done it too. I'm totally looking at her face. Why am I blanking on her name? Oh my god! Uh, I hate Julianne myself. Moore. Thank you. I hate myself right now. Julianne. I Moore. totally, I totally, one hundred percent forgot that Josh Hutcherson was in that movie. Oh. Uh, yeah, that Josh Hutcherson was one of the kids. Like I, I was sitting here picturing every movie Julianne Moore has ever been in in my head, and I'm like. Why can't I remember her name? Um, and she's been yeah. in a she she's been in a lot of really good movies. So, Crazy Stupid Love is one of my mm. probably top five favorite movies, at least top ten for sure. Top I mean, ten favorite I, movies. I also so stand good. Steve Carell. So <laughs> uh, he has aged to perfection. Have you watched the Morning Show? He's just so. But ugh. I mean, I. I live for Steve Carell. I think. Yeah, he. I I live for any man who can be handsome and funny. So mm-hmm. there we go. Well, and I, I've seen these memes where he's like, "Steve Carell is what happens when you age well and mind your own business and don't get involved in drama." And it's like, it's true. The older Steve Carell gets, the sexier he gets. Like that's. I mean, I hate you, fucking people. Guys get say, sexier, women get grosser. It's disgusting. I, I say, hate all of you. Okay, sorry. <coughs> I would say salt and pepper looks really good on him. It does. <coughs> Goodness. Um, oh my gosh. If you if you have Apple TV Plus, I would recommend the morning show. It's very, very good. If you don't, I would I'll, share with you, but Apple is too cool for that. I will try to YouTube clips. Apple has figured their shit out. You cannot share outside your family. Yeah. I mean, Netflix is trying to do the same thing, so. Well, yeah, and you know what? I don't get that because, first of all, Netflix, you're not upping the ante with your content. Um, Right. I mean, Stranger Things 
has been good and is coming out. But I feel like nobody's going to pay for 18 streaming services. I feel like what most people are doing is working. I pay for like probably five or six. And then I share with people who pay for other ones and they share with me. And it, I would rather do that. If I had to pay for every single one, I'm not doing it. So now, because I used to pay for Netflix and then I canceled it because they were talking about making commercials. I'm like, oh, no. I haven't Um, seen that yet. But yeah, they were, they were talking about, oh, we're going to do more content, but we're also going to have commercials and we're also going to pay the price. And I'm just like, "Mm, no, no, like y'all, y'all are already like, I started when y'all were like, seven dollars right you know, that's like the first 15, one i had so so no um but i think i have two now just two and then all the other ones i get from other people and they get mine so you know i feel like i'm paying my fair share and the people i share with are as well so yeah it's not like i'm only paying for netflix and i'm getting 10 other ones for free from other people I feel like if they make it that way, people are going to start canceling. I'm not paying for 18 different streaming services. Yeah. Like uh, I'll pick three and the rest, I'll just have to figure it out. But I mean, I pay, so Apple TV, I have in my Apple bundle with music and whatever um, in my phone. But I think I pay for Hulu prime. I have in my yearly Amazon prime membership. Um, and then I think I pay for discovery plus, which has some stuff. And then with other people, I share, I share like Paramount and Disney plus and whatever. So, yeah, you know, whatever, I know it's a flawed system, but I feel like everybody's making their money. And if they all go like, first of all, I don't know how you do it. You can't do it by IP address because the point is to be able to do it anywhere on multiple platforms. Yeah. You know? Voodoo does have it where you can only have so many devices, I've noticed. Um, Because my cousin has Voodoo and we share with him um, and we can only log into one device in our house. But like if we try to log in somewhere else, it's like, oh, too many devices because he shares with other people. But I don't know. I just, man, I like it, but it's just too much. They're just trying to make more money at this point and like, you know i'm just i'm gonna let them do them i will do yeah. me um if someone else is paying for it i will enjoy it if not then i will you know say say la vie adios you know uh, what netflix i'll pay you more money if you give me another season of santa clarita diet and wrap that shit yes up. Yes. Until then, don't ask me for any more fucking money because I know you can afford it. <laughs> At least give us a movie. <sighs> I live for Drew Barrymore. Yeah, and Timothy Oliphant. Oh, baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, really, that cliffhanger? At least just give us an hour and a half movie to wrap it up. Like, come right. on. Okay. Um, quick honorable mentions. Did you have any? Um, yeah, I probably do. Um, I'd say my top three honorable mentions that were very close to being on my list, um, Rent, mm-hmm. which I live for a musical, 
Same. You know this. Um, Same. <laughs> I live for a musical and Rent is by far the one of the best queer musicals ever written. I love it. Um, Paris is Burning. I don't know that one. Is it's a documentary. Okay. A documentary about the queer ballroom scene in New York in the 80s. Okay. And it is very, very enjoyable, um, very informative. And it's 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 informative in almost a sad way, just because you're seeing, you know, people who are struggling to you know live their lives but sort of the celebration of like vogue and ballroom and mm-hmm. things like that um it's just so beautiful okay that it's it's definitely an enjoyable uh, watch okay and i'm trying to think of my last one um, honestly, probably uh, uh, the imitation game. Mm-hmm. Just because I live for a suspense, yeah, a mystery suspense with a queer protagonist who, um, although that does follow the the you know tragedy trope, but it yeah. was also it was also real life. So you know, you can only do so much when the trope is real. Yeah, that's true. You know what I would love to see, and and there may be one. I've watched, so I'm I'm very obsessed with Studio Fifty Four. Like I've seen pretty mm. much everything there is about it. I think I would love to see something that was just a deep dive into the queer culture of Fifty Four, like just that part of it. If I'm not mistaken, there is a movie. Okay, let me see. Because I'm almost certain there I'm is I'm super a... obsessed with everything that has to do with 54. Like, well, and I don't know why. It's just so, it's so alluring to me. It's just like. I knew it. Um, Party Monster. Okay. Party Monster is a. Writing that down um, too. It's a drama documentary um, with Macaulay Coughlin. Macaulay Coughlin, Coughlin, okay. Coughlin, um, Colgan? Seth, Colgan. <laughs> I, I can't even, um, it's cool. It's, it's about the club kids. So studio 54, yeah. um, club kids scene because they're like, there were club kid murders that happened that were oh. like really big, um, involving studio 54. Um, yeah, there's so, so much. Yeah. Okay. Party Monster sort of follows that infamous story that happened. Uh, I'm getting so much good stuff. Um, speaking of clubs and and kids and dying, um, <laughs> my <laughs> not really, but a person ties into that with my number one honorable mention, which almost made my top five, and I'm guessing. I'll be surprised if you've seen this because it's so old and and you're so young, but it's um, my own private Idaho. I have it on my long list. Um, I have it on my long list. Again, um, tragic. Because, <laughs> but I mean, 
God, River Phoenix. <sighs> River Phoenix and Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Like, ugh. And the just, you know, he loves him and he's really, he, he probably is really gay, but he's really only doing it for money. And then he marries a woman and brushes everyone off. And then at the end, you know, River is just still, you know, this narcoleptic pity case yeah. left on the side. Like, oh my God. But also, sorry, River Phoenix, anything. God. Ugh. Honestly, if I wish any actor could come back. Um or any two actors, maybe it'd be Robin Williams and River Phoenix. Just because, like, I can't even imagine the kinds of movies and stuff that he would be in. I know! Nowadays, like, oh my gosh, he would have so much opportunity. Do you think, though, that Joaquin would have had the same career if River hadn't died? Because Joaquin is a fantastic actor, but I just wonder if he would have been in that shadow. I don't. I don't know. I. I. I'd be willing to take a chance. <laughs> I don't know if he would necessarily be in the shadow, but I think we would lose some of his more harder performances. Some of the some of the movies that he has been in where you can not only see his performance, but also his struggle just as an actor dealing with the trauma that he's been through, like uh, Ring of Fire and heck, Joker. Him and Joker was fantastic. Yeah. He was absolutely stellar in Joker. I just feel Um, like they would have had similar projects. I feel like (laughs) even though they're different, their artistic quality is very similar. Like, I don't know if you've seen this. It's a very obscure movie of his inventing the Abbots. Like, so it's a, it's a random nineties movie with a fantastic cast. Liv Tyler, Billy Crudup, Jennifer Connelly, um, Will Patton. But I feel like, and I don't mean this in a bad way. You could have easily plucked Joaquin out of that and put river into it. And it would have been still like a really, like, I feel like they have a similar, I don't know. I do feel like Joaquin is a little more vulnerable and River's a little bit more of a bad boy, but still, I just feel like they're so simpatico that they would have maybe even competed against each other for roles. So it'd been interesting, but again, I'd be willing to take that bet. (laughs) Honestly, honestly, it makes me think that. Oh, <laughs> hello, lover. Hold off for just a second, okay? He's, he's trying to stuff. get you off the phone. <laughs> he's, he's like, he's trying to get his bedtime. He's trying to get his stuff done. Um, I. I think that I think River's death gave Joaquin <laughs> gave gave Joaquin. He's like, I'm gonna make all this noise until you get off the phone. <laughs> In all honesty, he is getting stuff done. So so it's okay. I, am, I do this I am, shit to my husband all the time. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll be doing dishes I'm and I'm like banging it. shit against the counter. I'm like, come in here and help me. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, I think I think River's death definitely opened the door for Joaquin. Yeah. I do think that they share a certain commonality in their acting chops and the type of acting they do. Um, uh, There's part of me that wonders how much of that is sort of Joaquin paying homage to his brother. Yeah. um, Which I could see. Um, But also, I think that if River hadn't died, and I don't think Joaquin would be in movies. I mean, yeah, I don't necessarily think that he would feel any sort of negative way about that. And who knows? Maybe he would have been, and we would have had double the fantastic actors that yeah. that have really do very moving performances but he's um, a musician too so maybe he would have just done that you know who knows but i'm glad we have joaquin but also god i remember when river phoenix died and i just thought my whole world was gonna fall apart right i mean i was young and it was my first taste of anybody whose poster had been on my wall that had died and i was just like you know so um i had some of the other ones you mentioned the only other one i had that we didn't talk about which again is maybe too old for you is in and out in and out i've heard of kevin klein it's funny it's um he's uh he kind of he comes out as gay and then realizes he can't so then he tries to pretend to be straight and it's it's very kevin klein it's very like you know it it's pretty funny so the longest long list yeah um i also have you watched everything everywhere all at once i have not but i really want to because i know it has a queer storyline and i've heard it's like very moving and very good my friend kevin is bugging me to watch it he's like you have to watch it watch it watch it watch it and i was like okay i'm going to but i didn't watch it in time for this so i don't know if it would have made my top five Um, i i have heard very good things same same all right well if i watch it i'll report back to you if you watch it you report back to me deal um so what's coming up on better left unsaid um i have a couple um you know Pride themed episodes coming. Friends and other people I know around uh, town. Um, Yeah. I will say sorry for anyone who's been waiting for Better Left Unsaid episodes just because my face got bit by a doge (gasps) and all that fun stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And you've been sick. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if you can really tell. Uh, I know, uh, luckily, yeah. I look pretty good on camera. But yeah, I have, you look fine. I have, like, a scar right uh, here. Oh. A little bit on my nose. Um, Glad you're okay. Luckily, thank you. Well, luckily, I still have a nose. Um, but, yes, the whole situation was uh, quick. And, um, yeah, I'm lucky. But also... 
am a bit more cautious now not to walk up to dogs, even if they look like mine. And even if they're getting pets from other people, if they're Is that dog still with us? Yes, he is. Yeah. I, it's, it's kind of, um, Josh kind of made fun of me for this. Um, but whenever we are headed to the hospital, uh, I was completely like, had a paper towel on my face and I was giving him directions to the hospital. Like the whole time I was like, babe, it's fine. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm fine. Like I'm 100% okay. We walked in um, and they sat me down and they took the paper towel off and they're, you know, cleaning it and stuff. And they're like, okay, so we're, we're coming in with paperwork. We need you to fill this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's animal control paperwork. And instantly instantly yeah. like clockwork I just like start sobbing and I'm just like please don't hurt that dog <laughs> no it's brutal what they do like it Luckily, they like have to report it and shit oh yeah and I get it I get it I know I if too, I but... I know I'm I am lucky that it was me and not like one of my nephews or or you know someone else I care about um and also lucky that this is the first time this has ever happened yeah I know they're the the family who owned the dog were also very surprised that this happened yeah um it's it is not you know this is not a normal occurrence um so he did receive a 10-day quarantine just to separate him out just to make sure it's not you know something worse rabies Um, or something like that well and he of course he had all of his shots and all that stuff so you just never I, know how an animal is going to react that's the thing that's that's the risk you take when you have pets i mean well and i mean i think i think the thing too is they have their own feelings they may be yeah they may be animals but they they have their own feelings they have their own personal space if they don't feel comfortable with you if they don't know mm-hmm. you like don't don't get in their space and, that and was they feel fault, protective and yeah. Well, and I was tipsy. <laughs> but it's I mean there were a lot of factors. I know he has very much he's a German he was a German shepherd. Um he has very much the same coloration as my German shepherd. And not necessarily the same mannerisms, but he was also getting pet at the time by my friend who he does know, so he was okay getting pet by him. I just got in his face and yeah. he, he saw it as a threat so he snapped at me but it was never like a i'm gonna bite your face off it was right. like a, please get away from me You're right far too close um, and your face just happened to be there well and that's why my face is <laughs> that's why i still have a nose and <laughs> luckily is the damage that was done was not so bad that i'm not gonna heal from it and still look cute as ever. so there we go <laughs> Um, when I was like four years old, my grandma's chihuahua bit my nose and took like a huge chunk out of it, but she had been beaten and tortured by my mom and her siblings. So, but yeah, I was always terrified of that dog. Um, and I will just make it known right now to everybody who's listening that I will most certainly die from one of two things falling on something i shouldn't have fallen or tripped on or petting something i shouldn't have pet (laughs) one of those two things will be my demise 
I, I guarantee you. So I mean, the way the world's going, I'm just waiting for Jurassic World. Right. Bring on the raptors. <laughs> no, the raptors don't make it quick. Give me a T-Rex. Okay, well, we have been here for a while, and I hope people <laughs> have enjoyed it. And um, happy Pride Month. I'm so happy that you have been here, and uh, hopefully Josh can go get his stuff done now. I will let you go. <laughs> Thank you for um, having me. Thank you for being here. And yes, everybody, go do something to celebrate Pride Month. Go just whatever you can do to go antagonize the haters. Go do it respectfully and without getting hurt. Because <laughs> you just never know in Texas. And, go punch a Nazi and hug a gay person with their consent. Yes, please. Yes, please. Can you? Did you hear that? The buzzing? Okay, no. Sorry. Uh, I'm getting a phone call and it it told me something in my ears. Jesus Christ. Oh, All right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I will talk to you soon. Everybody have a great night. And when life gets tough, just keep sipping. Goodbye. Bye. Please see the show notes for links to many different resources where you can get both education and also help others in need. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location and shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. There are many things you can do to help. You can donate to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortions.com. That's donations, the number four abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help and you want to get more involved, there are many different resources, which again will be shared in the show notes. One is Shout Your Abortion, which is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, abortion.cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you again to speak up, take care, and spread the word and help fight against this unlawful and unjust decision. Thank you.